This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Take two. We got, we got, like, we got three people FX today. We got Glenn, who's in his hey. bunker in Bossier City with good weather every day. We got Dwayne. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on by and see our weather. Yeah. <laughs> and we got Dwayne, who has already done more since he's gotten up this morning than most people are going to do during the day. He says it's. He says he has a good boss and he's able to go in work early and take off if he needs to. Um, <laughs> I told him that I that I sleep with my boss's uh, wife. Oh, okay. All right, we'll go there. <laughs> Speaking of that, I will say this: six hundred fifty-four thousand dollars is not enough for me to have sex with Fanny Willis. It would take more than that. <laughs> Her guy is cheap, Nathan Wade. Buddy, you've been had. <laughs> but anyway, I was telling Ben's here, Ben Tifa. We had him last week, but he was in New Mexico with a 70-year-old lady. That's, we have to find out what that's all about later. But uh, he was dropping her off. She moved to Colorado. He was kind enough to drive her there. And if, you flew back, right? Right. Did you lose a door to the emergency door or did it stay on? I stayed on. I, I, I got there and I, I did find out if I'm going to travel, if they asked me, well, do you want to pick your seat? I, I'm, I'm willing to throw people off a plane in a heartbeat as long as I can stretch my legs out. That's what Glenn said. <laughs> he'll, take yeah. the, he'll take the chance on that. I guess the yeah, seatbelt helped that kid in. Huh? Yeah, do it, say that again. I guess the seatbelt helped that kid in, lost his shirt. It pulled his shirt off like a big vacuum cleaner. But I, I heard this morning, not only did it pull his shirt off, but once the plane depressurized and the wind calmed down a little bit, because they are riding with the, with the door open, basically, the kid unbuckled his seatbelt, had the wherewithal to get up, move three aisles up forward of him, and found an empty middle seat between two ladies and sat down and buckled himself back in. He said he wasn't going to have none of that back there. <laughs> he did take a selfie before he did that. <laughs> I think he took the selfie with the lady he he went and snuggled up with. You yeah. could be, could be. Wow, wow. Yeah, that uh, uh, that is amazing, and I wonder how much Boeing, Boeing, Boeing is going to have to pay that family. Okay, there's a little more to this now. Uh, there is a regulation. That says if you have 192 passengers on this jet, you have to have so many exit doors. Well, Alaskan Airlines doesn't put that many people on that, so they do what's called a plug door. They have 172 passengers, so they can not, don't need as many exits, and these exits are expensive. So they put what they call a plug door, and a plug door just fills the hole since you don't have to have that exit. So technically, it was not an exit. You can't even tell from inside. 
nor does it have any more room. So uh, this plug door is what came out, not the exit door, as was reported at first. Wow. So from the outside of the plane, it looks like an exit. From the inside of the plane, they put panels over it, covered up in a facade to make it look like it's just a window. And you don't have to say, oh, this is an exit row. Are you okay with that? There's no no, no notice about that being a door. So, so is this an Atlas Shrug situation or is this just sometimes these things happen? Well, I think it goes a little deeper than that. Now that they've began doing inspections on this, uh, what is it, the 737 MAX 9? Yeah. Now that they've begun doing inspections, they found a handful of these plug doors because, remember, they got to pull the facade off on the inside in order to do the inspection. That's where everything is that holds it on. So now they're doing this inspection and they're finding bolts that are loose. And so far, it looks like there was no bolts, and that's why the plug come loose on that particular plane. It was just sitting in there? I think the bolts come loose and come out. They probably got sucked out separately. So, Ben Tifa, how do you prevent that from happening? Well, that's proper airplane maintenance. I mean, it, well, but, but the problem is, is once you put a facade over it, it's like everybody forgets about where it is. So nothing gets checked. It'd be basically somebody forgetting to do wing maintenance on the rudders or either or the flaps, and or and it because something got covered up, and that's where the problem is. But I don't if if if, if they're just plugging and they're putting in, it's just a bolt in. Um, that the airline, I don't I don't see how they cannot be held liable for all the damages. Well, I mean, the airlines are in it, trouble. The airlines are in trouble, at least if they were under Louisiana officers of the owner. And yeah. with it only being two months old, it kind of points also towards the assembly line. Quality right control. there, you go. Yeah. I don't think I yeah, don't think control, those things. Yeah. I don't think those things should come un, unscrewed in two months. If you said okay, five years, uh, yeah, you didn't check it. Five years, it could come unscrewed, but I don't think it should have come unscrewed in two months. Well, I mean, they had three incidents in the past couple weeks of depressurization while they were flying, giving them a strong hint something's going on. Wow! Yeah, that, 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 and see if, it, if it's three, you know, if it's three airplanes that are depressurizing. In, in this is the same plane, weeks, though, right? I mean, it was. Is it the same plane that depressurized, or three different ones? The, the same plane had reported three okay. different incidences of depressurization in the past week and a half or so. And so they um, they put it on restriction for not flying uh, over three hours and not flying over the ocean to like Hawaii so that it could land quickly if necessary. So, Ben, you were saying uh, – that's you answered my question, uh, Dwayne. What were you saying, Ben? Um, I'm, uh, well, would the, is that a manufacturer or is that – airline going is for it would be at fault for not checking so i mean because the technically the airline company they're supposed to do routine maintenance on these things or would that be if they already know that is this a manufacturer flaw and and who gets sued in this in this case well i think you're fixing to find out with all the inspections and that data comes back if they point to a manufacturing defect it may be a joint failure because the airline could have just grounded that particular plane and done static checks on the pressure and found the leak and found the door that was problematic. Yeah. This thing, this thing is going to be what they call rest. 
it speaks for itself. They're paying. Now, just like Gawain said, who's paying is, is the question on Louisiana law. I would say both. Um, if, if it turns out that these bolts came undone two, two months into to, uh, being christened. But, but, the, but with what Dwayne was saying is interesting to me. The, um, that losing that cabin pressure, that to me is fright that they're willing to fly that plane. Knowing that's happening, so I don't as care. a passenger, there's a couple of problems. Number one, don't facade something over. You better let me know what's behind that facade. Yeah, yeah. So I can make like, my own decisions. Behind, yeah, what's behind the sheetrock? Yeah. <laughs> n- n- number two, why don't you put a simple webbing outside the facade so that if it does blow for some weird reason, it's going to hold people in the plane. Yeah. How simple? Is that fix? You know, it's like a safety belt, just to make sure people don't get sucked out of the plane of the hole that pops open. Um, and then um, number three is the facade needs to have openings where the bolts can be checked without removing the structure, the plastic structure, super superstructure of the inside of the plane. That's ridiculous. How can you perform maintenance where you got to rip the thing out every time? Yeah, and once they start just glued in and stuff, it wasn't designed to come out. And once those things start backing out, it happens fast. I, I can tell you that because I I check every time the front wheels. There's those little uh, those little wheels for the Ben's going to know what I'm talking about for the bed or the bed. What do you call that for the uh, the lawnmower? The blades are underneath it, not the bed. What's that called? The deck. The deck. The, the deck. The deck belly. The yeah. deck. It has two little wheels in the front. And the owner's manual said you check those every time before you drive. So you know what? That's easy to do. Like an airplane airplane pilot, I look at those wheels every time. I check them. Well, halfway through, one of them came off. That means that thing, it was tight, and it was off in, in, in one tank of gas. You know, you know good well once those things start loosening up, they're going to come off. And secondly, the pilots, well, the pilots of this plane informed, hey, listen, we're having problems with this thing depressurizing. Just be be prepared. Be prepared. You know what my preparation would be? Get another pilot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm prepared. I'd be like, well, uh, I'd be calling in sick that day. Well, they, found, they found out through this process, there's going to be some other fallout. The um, two um, attendants in the back where their little jump seats are at have almost no visual of forward in the plane. They can't see what's going on, and they have a little mirror that they're supposed to use, and they've discovered that that mirror is not just inadequate. It's just not going to work. Yeah. So they don't have any – so they're supposed to be attendants, and during – uh, ascent and descent, they have to sit down with their jump seats, but they can't see any of the passengers and what help they may need, whether they need to get out of their seat and go help them or radio up front to the pilot. And then with the wind, with that door open like that, they were able to communicate effectively. It was too loud. The wind was blowing over the microphone of the the handheld phone for the intercom. So there was no communication. The back two were just stuck sitting in their seat, blind and deaf. 
Do you think that how many passengers were on this plane? Do we know? There's two or less. Do you think yeah. that they replaced everybody's underwear after this? Maybe you got. Maybe they all got sucked out. <laughs> well, they, every, everybody got into you know overhead storage pumps, and everybody had a pair of underwear. Kind of like having it, having it ready for your car. I guarantee you there were a lot of evil can evil skit marks. I'll I'll tell you this, the uh, press has been trying to talk to the attendants and the FAA has come back and and asked politely. They said, you know, we can't order you, but please lay off the attendants. We're still in the middle of the interviewing process. They are absolutely catastrophically mentally affected by this. They're trying to recover and process this. Y'all lay off of them a little while. So apparently, they, you know, the first report that come out on this, I sent to my son, because I'm also um, an old private pilot, and my son, I took him up a few times, and he's real interested in aviation. I sent him to a link to this, what was it, Saturday the first, this news come out? Mm-hmm. And it was an obscure little article that was reposted by Fox News. I sent it to him, I said, Boy, this is kind of just dusting over and making real light of some some big deal. And it's just every day this story is escalating and getting deeper and, and bigger. And now it's, you know, it's taking up 20 minutes of an hour news cycle. Wow. Wow. Yep. Louisiana can't compete with this, Ben. <laughs> All right. So I don't I think we talked about this before our podcast had to the start had to be abandoned earlier, but Ben, did you hear me say that that you still may have your bridge before we before we uh, have our road here because they've shut us back down for ninety days? And Glenn said that means one hundred eighty. Yeah, it's lucky. Well, anything that well, James, is that state doing y'all's roads or is that the parish? You know, it looks like it looks like private company doing it. You know, it, it's a, it looks like to me they've they've contracted it out, and, and and they've got the cable people. You know how we got communist internet going to everybody now. <laughs> they've got that those people out there laying the communist internet, and then they got electrical people putting up the communist streetlights where we have them every ten feet. It looks like a runway, and then and then you see the communist. Um, um, plumbing or whatever you would call sewage systems out there along with the contractors and it's a mess out there but I don't know how else you can build a new road without tearing the old one out so no complaints except to say that there's still a chance you'll have a bridge over the, from you know, the waters yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'll place a five dollar bet on that well, then you said they can't even pour the concrete till it's cool, warm again. Yeah, they they got there and the contractors with the state they were pouring off a uh, they were they were getting ready they were doing a runoff pour for the bridge and they posted contractor getting ready to uh, getting the pad ready to to pour waiting for warmer weather to pour concrete in January. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, so when when the winter begins, yeah. Well, and here's the deal: is so that means that now they'll pour June <laughs> at, at least at least after the Ides of March. Yeah. 
So so they sent it back, but people were coming and said, they make concrete you can pour in freezing cold weather. Mm-hmm. Because they do it in Alaska. But it's not, it's not optimal below a certain temperature. But here's the deal. This is a part that no one's going to be driving on. Well, there's a reason they're having it there. It's probably for strength. And I would hope the bolts don't back out, you know. Oh, yeah. True. So, anyway, there you go. Now, you made me think about that, Dwayne. And Ben, it's cold. And that was Alaska Airline. How cold was that air going into that plane? Well, if they dropped altitude, probably still cold, but not... It's cold. They were they were climbing in the plug blue at sixteen thousand feet, and if you figure about three thousand or was it three three degrees per thousand feet, it's about the average standard lapse rate. Yeah, so really damn cold. Yeah, three, three <laughs> times three times sixteen. That's what you subtract from surface temperature to see what about what it was up there. And, and Alaska cold. You get your shirt sucked off, your nipples get hard pretty quick. That out, <laughs> yeah. Which will lead into another story about Trump. But anyway, oh, <laughs> oh man, no, we're not going to read that fake testimony on this here. What was that? That bass pro shop? The, the guy stripped naked and jumped in the big t- water tank. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was Fred Eagle pressing against the glass. And I think one of the cops said, "You can see that water's pretty cold." <laughs> oh well even i don't so i got another story in the news on you what is it that bass pro shop one. Oh, when did that happen that happened uh, uh this weekend yeah and it was you know if you've been to the bass pro Bossier, it's the same kind of aquarium except he jumped in and uh you know, his family said he has some mental issues. Well, yeah, I think he does. Uh, but they, then they, they, you know, the security people, they didn't want to play with that. So they uh, pulled him out and he felt, well, actually, he climbed out and mm-hmm. fell onto the concrete. And they have this textured, it's not textured, it's like uh, slick concrete floors. And, uh, you know, because he was wet, they could pull him real easy, and they did it with him face down on well, his his uh, private anatomy. And uh, anyway, the, the, he might have he might have flagstone burn. Well, the, he might, he the might. tank he dropped into were the fish carnivorous or herbivorous? No, they were just bass and stuff. You know, game fish. Would they be interested in a worm? Uh, they apparently wasn't big enough for them to bite. It's so steep. They were hungry. <laughs> okay. Oh, that worm's that war's not worth going after. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, not big enough, you know what I'm saying? It was sort of like the Jewish people. You glean over it and leave that for the poor people. Yeah. <laughs> the poor fish, the bottom of the line had to go. Oh man, that's nuts! <laughs> um, so, so Ben, I tell you, I looked over the the statutes. I thought, was it Glenn? Who was it said look over the statutes that were passed that are going into effect in Louisiana this week? So that was the whole yeah. work I did. They were basically boring stuff, as far as I could tell. It's hard reading legislation anyway. But the one that just I go, what? 
they passed a law on regulation of pet insurance. Yes, they did. I did see that one. Uh, <laughs> as a former pet detective, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> pet insurance. And thank God our legislator uh, did clear up that problem that people were having with pet insurance. All right. so, I'm yeah. going to make a guess as to why they did it from reading the whole statute. I read that silly thing. This is what I think was going on. An old person that lives out in the country or lives out in the city or something. <coughs> and they got an animal. And then what used to be a vinyl siding salesman now sells pet insurance. And he goes in and he talk, He has the woman with her pet on her lap and, and worried about, you know, Missy or whatever the kitty cat's name is or dog is. And they convince them to buy this expensive pet insurance and they allow you to opt out of that for 30 days. <laughs> that's what sure, I think. Get rid of it. I think, useless. Well, that's it. That's, I think that, I think that, you know, I suppose that, that Charlotte, something happened to Charlotte. I start suddenly liking dogs, which I can't imagine because I, I can't afford the eggs, but I, um, I have a dog <laughs> and you know, they come by and they convince me in my dementia to buy that. And then Katie comes over and goes, what are you doing? She would be able to get it undone. Yeah, that's probably it. But I mean, yeah, um, I don't know. Just there's a new scam every day, it seems like, for yeah. not our government, but to people. You know, I mean, I get all these fake emails about, you You know, you owe us this money because of this and just trying to get my you need to call because I'm worried about, you know, this. And the one is $20,000. They say, I owe, which is such bull crap. I can't even stand it, but it's a scam. And there's a new one every day. So, so, so basically they came by and it, I, I'm the one that started. Because I was feeding my dog eggs. For <laughs> <laughs> so, well, but they wanted to get insurance on that dog because it's a high-priced dog. <laughs> but I, w- I wonder if that was that part of the the stuff passed because we had a special session on insurance reform in Louisiana. I, I don't know. No, I no. didn't see anything else that, that just stood out to me. Yeah, we have two special sessions going on in Louisiana right now because of the crap that that has been going on in Louisiana because of our Goober Duber, which one, by the way, I will tell you the James perspective. And the Moon Griffon Show are the two people that called it that, that our goober duber was going to continue to stay rich when he get when he got out of office in Louisiana. Because have y'all seen his new title and job position that he has no. now that he's no longer our goober duber? No, what is it? Oh, he is head of a. He is the. I think I think he's the head of a company that is overseeing the windmill projects in the Gulf. Listen, when our Goober Duber went to Glasgow and he went over and saw it, it was looking at the renewable energy and came back and started trying to do all these regulations that he's put in place to say Louisiana is like, we need to put windmills in the Gulf in the middle of hurricane area, which is, brilliant um he got there and he started doing the new green deal here in louisiana 
and he's so deep into it that he is now part of one of the, the, one of the main companies that is over that he got in in partners with for the new Grandale for Louisiana, and he now has a job there. Yeah, that sounds like graphing corruption there. Hey, pass this. When you get out of governor's office, we'll give you a big job that you really have anything to do, but here's your money. Sounds like it. But you yeah, know what? And that's what, <laughs> that's, that's, and that's what it is. He got in bed with them, and he's going to make his billions and billions of dollars by screwing Louisiana over well, what's, while he's out of office. Well, what's funny about it is he's able to get all that money without having to sleep with Fannie Willis. Exactly. Yeah. Man's got to do what a man's got to do, James. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I think we need to come up with a company that takes natural gas and petroleum and produces energy to turn a giant windmill blade to make wind so that there will be enough wind to turn the up winds windmills. I think well, we I mean, could get rich off of that. I think we could. I think I think the James perspective should start looking into a company that say, hey, listen, I'll provide you the energy to provide energy to provide energy, energy for the providers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then also make those generators that you can store in your electric vehicle so when you got to pull on the side of the road and charge up your own vehicle, you got a little <laughs> gas can, a little generator in the truck, yeah, and there you go. Yeah, you can use it. Your range is extendable at that point. We probably could apply for some of Biden's block grant money for creating recharge stations, and we could just call them portable recharge stations. All right, so, yeah. so next Thursday... It's supposed to get to be 12 degrees here in Ruston. I'll believe it when it happens, but let's just suppose, for sake of argument, that it's true. Will the Teslas work? I don't know. That's a good question. What do you think, Dwayne? You think they will or won't? So we're talking about lithium battery, low temperature? Yeah. Yeah. I think they lose something like 60% of their capacity or whatever when they're below a certain temperature. Yeah. So the rain. So it's like, go ahead, go ahead. It's like, it's like your gas tank shrinking. So if it's really cold, it's like instead of having a twenty-gallon tank, you now got an eight-gallon tank. Oh, same same as the mail fout. Never mind. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> shrinkage. <laughs> Gets cold out here. <laughs> yeah, there's shrinkage. Just like you know. So that that puts a new icon on the dash. We could have a shrinkage meter there for you. Yeah, or you could just do it with a uh, I don't know representation of uh, you know. That would be so funny. There's a man yeah, the, there. It's warm. Rise and fall. I don't know. You know, this is a family show, but you can do that. <laughs> So the, the side of the Amazon trunk, that symbol there could be, you know, 50% shrinkage. Yeah, there you go. All right, Dwayne, a bit dying for you to get on there because Glenn and I have been positive back and forth. We may have covered it well, but we'll see what you think. Remember that you were on the last time they were talk, we were talking about the fact that New York Times was ch- suing ChatGTP because that ChatGTP used the database of New York Times in order to um, establish their language Glenn, those exact terminology for it. Now, now they, um, the guy at Amazon, he's getting ready to do an AI. He says he's going to put. Bozo? 
Yeah, <laughs> Bozo. Because he's gonna put he's gonna put the um, the AI of of Microsoft out of business. Not Microsoft, Google. So where are they gonna get their database if they don't want to get sued? Well, they you do like Apple and Facebook. Yeah, you just gotta be sneaky. So whenever you go out there on the web and you pretend like you're just a regular user browsing the web and you, you're grabbing some data here and there, there's a term for that. Do you know what that term is? Dealing. Scraping. Scraping? Oh, yeah. Scraping. Gleaning. Yeah. So, so you can, you can create little web robots that scrape data that doesn't raise any bells. Ah, uh, gotcha. I got you. All right. So is 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 uh, Musk able to use? I bet you probably when you sign your agreement on X Twitter, you agree that they can use that to help establish their AI language. Yeah, they don't have to. They just use Twitter. Well, why? You know. Yeah. Now, ChatGTP and uh, Google use New York Times. Is that correct, or is it just one? I don't know. I think they probably do. Um, oh, I, I, know. I know what it is. One of them is partnering with you with ChatGTP, and that's the issue: is mm-hmm. that they're buying into litigation. Uh, you, you know, all this stuff's a moving target. Mm-hmm. It changes weekly. W e a k or W e e k. Every time a CEO is sitting on a toilet, they come up with a new idea and they go back and tell them to implement it. That's where I get most of my good ideas. Elon markets Twitter from anyone else on his bidet on his bidet whatever he has alright don't knock those bidets I've tried them they're pretty good hey hey, we don't need to know what you're doing in your off time alright yeah I just gotta hold up what James does every day you know so (laughs) I'd love to know what Elon has named his toilet though he names everything Gosh, I don't know. No, kitchen sink? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe maybe he's naming it uh, Mark Cuban. Anyway, uh, they're having a big battle right now. Yeah. He's uh, calling Cuban a racist. Anyway. All uh, right, yeah. I thought you said Cuban sold the Mavericks, but the memes don't. He did. The memes, aren't, the memes haven't caught up yet. Well, he sold it. Um he sold the Mavericks, the thing he says he loves the most, because I think he's going to be the candidate under glass in case when Biden steps out. I think it's still Big Mike. Could be Big Mike. But why would she, or I will say she, James, don't jump on me. Why would she <laughs> uh, do that when she's already running the government? So, well, did you hear what happened recently? The new. The new uh, rising star of the Democrat Party, who? the Kentucky governor, um, Andy Bashir, they formed a big, uh, uh, what do you call it, PAC group. So, oh, so, I think, so I think they're exploring the possibility of this being Biden's knight in shining armor to come in and rescue the Democrat Party at the last minute. Yeah, there's somebody. There, there are probably several uh, that they're rolling out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to get rid of, you got to do it a certain way so you can get rid of Camilla, Kamala. Are they going to move it to Las Vegas? Who? The, the Mavericks. I don't know. Because people have bought it on, on a big chunk of the strip in New, in 
Las Vegas, yeah, they sold, he sold a majority stake in it. Um, all right, that so it's a majority stake, and he made a lot of money, by the way. Yeah, um, I remember when he did it, um, when he bought them, I was thinking, who is this guy? And it, that's back when you didn't have internet, really. I think that's how long it's been. I read it in the Wall Street Journal, you know, was where he's I read been, it. Uh, he's been uh, pretty prominent uh, in sports. He, you know, kind of, I think he came to his billions by uh, selling a sports um, site on the internet. That's uh, how he became a billionaire. Um, and uh, he's he's been heavily into the sports part of uh, the internet for a very long time. So, and he did, and I'll be honest, he's done a fantastic job with Mavericks. Um, you know, if you would study that from a business point of view, he, he basically brought them up by the bootstraps. They weren't doing well. So it, w- it would be interesting for him to clash with Trump. That would be a fun, fun thing to watch. It would be interesting. Well, it's fun to watch him and Musk clash right it, now. It is, but that's minor leagues. I mean, you know, Trump is the best, at, you know, desanctimonious things. He like hates that. Trump, by the way. He hates well, Trump. I know, I know. Yeah. You know, it, it is so funny. We got, we got, we, I guess we got to bring it up even since yesterday where we talked about the podcast and, and, you know, no names. Well, now Clinton has been named by name with girls, little girls. And yes. so, and, and so, and then there was a new person I had never heard of, this magnate from the Virgin Isle, Virgin Islands. That's too funny, too, too ironic. Maybe not funny is not the right word. Ironic that this guy from the Virgin Islands is diddling little girls. <laughs> Um, but um, anyway, I, I had seen those pictures that came out yesterday. I'd seen those before, and it's too sad for me to look at those those little girls. That knowing what the age they are and how easy they are to take advantage of. But uh, but then but then as this stuff starts coming out to Trump, there was you know allegations against Trump, and everybody remembers that 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 little girl or that person lied through her teeth, and she and made up these allegations against. Dershowitz and Trump, mm-hmm. and 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 then when it came time for the testimony at at uh, Gisling's trial, they didn't even put her on the stand. Yeah, no, she didn't even put her on the stand. You know, she, because she was not credible. That all came right. out. Um, so where's this going, guys? Ben, you haven't been talking much. Give me where do you think this is going with the with the with the perverts on Epstein Island? Ben is gone. Are we lose Ben? No, Ben's on mute. Oh, yeah. Ben's on uh, I don't know. I, I I think it's still the same old crap they're trying to pull just to keep them out of office. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I know yeah. that's what they did there. What I, I want to know, where do you think – Do you, all right, Clinton is clearly – should be considered for prosecution. Now, I'm a lawyer and can tell you I don't know yet. At this point, you still have to say – no matter how much you don't want to say it, if you're conservative, you still have to say, hey, that's her her word against his at this point. You know, but they're supposed to be videos that has yeah. been saved of him. But she's never produced a video. So was it during his eight years in office? No. It was prior? After. Oh, after? I just think it's bull. You don't think he did it? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I, I think he didn't go there. I don't think he had anything to do with it. Yeah. Oh, I, I'll almost bet you he did. Well, I'm talking about Trump, I guess. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, we're talking about Bill Clinton. About Clinton? Oh, no, I don't think. I think here's here's the thing. 
there's there's Hillary is involved in this thing, so you know it's <laughs> everything is going to be involving uh, either do what I say or or I'm going to suicide you. Um, but but I think that these that there that Dick Clinton was there, and I think that Andrew and whatever his name is Princess Andrew Princess Andrew. <laughs> Andrew. I think he was there. I think that start guy that starts with the beef and the version of Holland Stanton is that his name? He was there. I think that's there. The question is, do you think there's any chance without if Trump were to be elected, is there any chance they prosecute Clinton? No. No. Mm-mm. It's kind of like the chance of them prosecuting Hunter Biden. Well, I, I think there's a chance. Of course, they've tried to give him a, a plea deal, but. Um, I don't know, guys. I don't. I don't know. You know. Again, you got to watch everything they do. They, the, the communists, the, the Democrats, they do that. You know that if they say Trump did it, they did it. So they're trying to say, and 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 they're thinking deep, two or three steps ahead of us, what we could possibly do here because we're having to follow it and figure it out as it goes along. But if you ask me, what's going on here is they're prosecuting Trump as much. For him to say you can't prosecute me for things I did in the office and ex-president, so they can't prosecute Biden and and Clinton. That that's what they're doing right here. They're trying to set a get get the Republicans to agree that well, no, he, yeah, that's that's what I was getting at. If Clinton had participated in the um, pedophilia and child sex trafficking, and it was during his eight years in office, you don't think they would. Real quick, say presidential immunity. Uh, it, well, maybe, but you talk about outside the, you know, definitely out. I don't think that there's any part of his duties that you could say. All right, let's go back. You clearly say that if you're president of the United States, that you should make sure the elections are fair. So tr- anything Trump did during that time to try to make sure the elections were fair, I, I think he's immune. But if he says, well, I don't like Biden, and so he goes and cuts his neck, no, that you're not immune from. You see what I'm saying? There, we yeah. all we all have well, to. They they uh, they paint it differently that he was digging up dirt against his potential political um, foe. They don't they don't think that it was fair that he was asking for what was going on in Ukraine. Right, right. I get you. I get you. But I think they would lose on that issue because you have a duty to find out if there's corruption in the government. With Ukraine, so I, you see, what I'm saying so. So, yeah. They, but they know that they know that Trump has immunity on that. I believe that. I believe they know it, but they got to bring it up anyway, so they can say, "Well, you know, Trump set the example. We got immunity." I agree with you that that's what they're thinking. The problem is, I'm pretty sure that Trump was out of office when when this Epstein Island stuff happened. I'm pretty sure he was not in, so he hadn't, he can't claim immunity. You that. mean Bill Clinton? Bill, who that say? Trump. Oh, sorry. Jeez, yes. Now, so he did the same thing I did. Yeah, Clinton. All right, so so I think that Clinton, if he did this, should be prosecuted. Absolutely. The question is, will he? And if he does, if they don't, does that mean that Democrats slash communist presidents are immune if they ever get elected? I want to know. You know, do you, let me ask you this. If If it were Trump swimming with his gay lover in a pond, and the gay lover drowns. Do you think they would have dropped it already on Trump, or do you think they would still be trying to figure out more and more what happened out there with the with the well, they, would, they would try. They got to get rid of him. I think they're trying now. Mm-hmm. Like Trump to that with Obama. Anyway, uh, 
<laughs> in other words, yeah, the the chefs that drowned in eight foot of water, uh, they're trying to blame Trump for it right now. Yeah. <laughs> global warming or something. Yeah, yeah global warming caused the eight foot of water to rot. Never mind. I don't even want to go there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but and before we run out of time, I've got to turn this thing back over to Ben because the main thing Ben's been wanting to talk about for two weeks is that the Obergruppenfuhrer, he he pardoned a whole bunch of people right before his he, he was out of office. And it wasn't like, you know, one time white collar crime or something like that. It was it's 40, 40 murderers he let out prison. I have a theory. Let's hear it. So, my my um, adult daughter in North Carolina was raising chickens and ducks, and she loves the animals, and it's her therapy time after work. And I told her, I need, you know, North Carolina has a lot of hunting leases, just like Louisiana does. Why don't you talk to those hunting leases and see if they want to have some kind of agreement where you're raising some of their foul um like uh <laughs> you know quail and stuff like that so that you can every so often turn them over some some new quail to release for them to go hunting so i think maybe our ex-governor was just releasing 40 murderers out there for all our gun-loving louisiana residents to go hunting oh they give you like the hunger games <laughs> Of course they have to do something. Of course they have to do something that warrants getting out the old firearm for. I'm not. I'm not saying they're just hunting them down by playing rogue warrior or anything. But (laughs) you know, it's kind of dangerous to turn loose um, people with those tendencies. Remember my Aesop fable of the scorpion changes behavior. You turn forty. Murderers loose in Louisiana. I don't think they're going to last very long. At least one yeah, of them, according to Ben. Not. According to Ben, one of them. They're going to California. Anyway, according to Ben, one of them was a pretty bad guy. You know, really bad. Now, you know, in other words, yeah, what one of them that he released? They actually left a murder weapon there on scene, but they stabbed a person thirty-two times, left a knife in the person's skull, and he was one of the ones that got released. Hmm. So I'm like, and and Dwayne, you're you're right. I'm like, he expects him to go out there and say, I'm going to be a model citizen this time. I'm going to go and I'm going to go to church and I'm going to do this. And I made the, I made the comparison of the problem of of guys or girls that were sexually abused as a child going into youth ministry and being and working with young young kids the tendencies are already are are still a man here in in a Monroe area that he had been abused as a a kid decided to go into youth ministry his picture was in the paper for being um being caught having uh inappropriate behavior with juveniles and now he's a registered sex offender and it's the same way with releasing murders it's not like they're going to say you know what that tendency has gotten out of me because your temper's still going to be there, and what's going to happen when they get there and they get pissed off? They just go out there and do this, and that brings up another deal. And this is this is I've been hearing about this case and, and trying to keep up with it a little bit. Is the student at Louisiana Tech that is 
charged with four four counts of attempted second-degree murder and one count of second-degree murder. All I keep hearing is they're, they are seeing if he is fit for trial. Now, and the way that, that they have explained everything, so he was like, yeah, I just got mad, got frustrated, and I just... I was. I just wanted to stab people, and then they. They. He was on his way to the cafeteria, and they. And from what I understand from the interview, is he said, "Yeah, he said if I got into the cafeteria, I probably would kill. Probably would stab more people." James, what they try to, and this is one thing from all three of you is, is I want to understand why should he be allowed to have the possibility of a plea deal. To get him less time in prison, well, and why, 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 why is it just second degree murder? Because I'm like, no, you you waited outside facility. Uh, the, the second was a, a a good question that, that I can answer very easily. And the next one is a, it, it can be answered, but it takes a little time. Let's talk about the first one. First degree murder is 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 murder, but with an aggravating type of a of a, the situation. You've done it in the in the course of a burglary, which he did not do. It's, it's the attempt, it's the killing of two or more people. He only killed one. Um, the, uh, it was attempt, there were some attempts, but there was no killing. You can get the guy in jail, unless you're seeking the capital punishment, you can get him in jail permanently with second degree murder. So the, usually the, the district attorneys will elect to go with the lesser crime because it's easier to prove and you get the same result. All right, so so I I, I endorse a hundred percent what what uh, our district attorney is doing here. That that part I have no problem with. As far as plea bargain goes, this guy's not going to get one. So plea bargains are out there, but he's not going to get a plea bargain. Um, this thing is too well documented. But the idiot stabbed the judge. You just you're done. You know you you're not. They're not. There's nobody. Uh, no prosecutor is going to is going to let this guy plea something down off of a life sentence. There's just no way he stabbed the judge. You, that's just stupid. You know, he probably didn't know he was stabbing a judge, but he did. And so, so he's done. Uh, ben, it's, that's, it's, I will tell you this, that, that, um, that John Belton and, and his staff, which one of them is my daughter, just have full disclosure. I don't know if she's working on that case or not, because we don't discuss her district attorney, um, Duties. I think that needs to stay separate, which it does. But they're they're going to prosecute him. He's going to go to jail for life, three life sentences, probably run consecutive. He'll have to be 190 before he's out. You know, if he because they still have some some ways to get out after you've been in for a certain years. So once he finishes one life sentence, he starts another one. Ah. I right, see. What I'm saying, but but why do we have plea offers for something? Well, there's lots of reasons for that. One is is that the case is strong enough you might win but you might lose and both sides go hey this is the middle you know it's like anything else well and, and, and that's the reason why one with this with the justice reform bill they're, they're going through and they're looking at and, and trying to hopefully get it changed where we don't let just murderers out no is why I don't understand how and this is where I, my justice reform is is if you go by and you or you get pissed off at somebody else, and you drive by and you discharge a weapon, you fire somebody else, you miss the person you you wanted to, and you kill an innocent bystander. They get there and they, I see plea deals. Well, 
Well, we plead them down to manslaughter. Why? Well, I mean, I don't know. Each case is different, but that is murder. That's the, that, that that's case. Murder. And why? 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 Why are we in a, in a in a system that you can you can plead down to manslaughter, saying, "Well, I didn't mean to kill that person." Which you still killed that person. Well, wait, wait, but listen. If 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 you just act accidentally shoot a gun or you shoot it in the air or you whatever, you're not really are not trying to kill somebody. Um, that could be manslaughter. But if you're trying to kill a human being, so if I'm shooting for Glenn and I hit Dwayne, my I had specific intent to kill the call, but it caused great great bodily harm to Glenn. The fact that I hit um, hit Dwayne doesn't get me off the hook. It's still murder. And they convict people like this all the time. The re- what I'm trying to tell you, Ben, is, is that at least all I really know about prosecution, I learned in Union and Lincoln Parish because that's where I, I work and live and follow what's going on. And our prosecutors do not, uh, I do not think they let people off that commit horrible crimes like this. We go after them. And we've been pretty good about it. And I will also say we've done a pretty good job protecting the right to self-defense here. So if you do it in self-defense, they, they pretty much, we, we respect that here. So, so I want to let you know, you don't, it's a good concern, but one you shouldn't have, at least here. I don't know about Washington. I don't, I don't follow them as well, but I know that in this district attorney's office, and that was when Bob Levy was there, and when Atkins was there before him, they were always going after criminals. Yeah. Well, and, and one thing is, it's just I know a mind goes everywhere, but I, I'm I'm trained to be a certified driving instructor to, to to teach kids to drive and everything else. But one of the rules that Louisiana has also, and I don't know if it's in every state, but I know Louisiana has, is say you're 17 and you get pulled over and and you get distracted, the cop wants to give you a field test to see if you're drunk, even if you're not. And you use, no, I'm not doing a field sobriety test. It's one, they had Louisiana, they will put you in handcuffs, put you back in the car, take you down to jail, and you lose your license for a complete nope, year. Nope, not true. Not that's true. what the law, that's, nope. what, that's what is taught in, in classes and is told to, to these students. That your teacher made, your teacher you made an F. If you a field sobriety test. Your teacher made an F. Huh? Your teacher made an F. That's not true. If you can, you can refuse a field sobriety test. Absolutely, they have no. You, they, you, you are not obligated to take one. Now, agreed with this next step. The next step is yes, they're going to arrest you. They're going to take you in. If nothing else, they think you're drunk and they don't want you driving anymore. They bring you back. Then they say blow, and you say no, and you don't blow. Then they can take it. But they can't on a field sobriety test. In fact, I'm going to tell you if you're Stone cold sober, do not do one. Oh, exactly. That's, and that's what we told the kids. You, you refuse to take the pills for the test. Absolutely. You're a fool to take the test. But see, and see, that's the thing that is confusing is because this is a Louisiana driver's ed textbook that that is in the book that they, that they put in there. And even on the dry, on the DMV test is if you refuse bills for the test, what are the consequences? Yeah, I'm going to. They're wrong. It is, they will, they, you, can be, you will be arrested and lose your license for 365 days. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's false. And I want to tell you something. If you ask me, no, no police officer has ever told me this. If you ask me, they, they're going to assume you are drunk if you're willing to take the test. A sober person is going to say no. <laughs> I'm, not, 
Exactly. And then it's right there. I'm like, and that's what, that's what we told the kids, the other adult that was in there with me, that we had, we both had to go through the same classes as teenagers for. They said, what do you do if you, if they ask you to take pills or pride test? Both said, you tell them no. Well, I will tell you something. Um, my kids, we, 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 we came up, you know, this we, round table. I have nothing but round tables, and that's because I really wanted to facilitate conversation in the family starting at a young age all the way through high school college and we still do it all right but i i learned those things as a lawyer and i realized the kind of things that they do especially the teenagers young tw- in the young 20s they the things they will try to do and i told them that if you get pulled over and the police ask you to do a field sobriety test the answer is no uh my lawyer is and yeah. then if they ask you to inspect to to search your car the answer is i do not want you to search my car may i go and yes and so one day katie this was about now she she's like i was she didn't start that hot with grades in college she got better as she went and ended up with getting like i did almost it's almost identical we both ended up with a 3-0 even but we weren't a 3-0 early <laughs> we had to make a bunch of a's at the end to get it up to a 3-0 so we could get in law school well, she was at that level. She was starting to get serious. She was no longer going out and partying and all those things. And she went to, she had been to the library. She was on her way back to her dorm or house in um, Lafayette. She got pulled over and they started asking her to do a field sobriety test. And she told them, no, I'm not going to do it. And they said, uh, she, and she, and then they, she said, me, I go. And they go, no, your, your eyes are bloodshot and, and um, glassy. So we're taking you in. She said, my lawyer is, and she gave him miles, my friends from law school's number. And they put her in the back of the car and held her for a little while. And after a while, they opened the door and let her go. You know, they didn't have anything on her. Right. And then they stopped Doc and, and Enrique. Then Doc was driving in Bozier when he was, when Doc was playing baseball over there. And they asked to search his car. And this is really kind of funny. He says, no, 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 no. Why don't you want us to search your car? He says, I just don't want you to search my car. So they asked him about the 10th time, and he said, look, my dad's a lawyer, and he told me to tell you, you can't search my car. And they, and they let him go. <laughs> so long and short of it is you're close. You, they, can't, they will not take your license for, fa- for failing to take a field sobriety test, and I recommend highly to you, do not take a field sobriety test, period. If they pull me over, I've never had a drink in my life as you, well, I, I guess at the Episcopalian church during communion. I've never had, other than that, I've never had a drink. And yeah. if, if they pull me over, I'm going to tell them, no, I'm not doing a field spot test. Not doing it. You know, just not doing it. Yeah, and see, that's, that's, what, that's what is so confusing about Louisiana, what they teach and what they print out and that, that you're required to teach in driver's ed. I'm like, Okay, is the state of Louisiana telling me to give them false information, or are they ignorant of the law also? Of, of the D, is the DMV that ignorant of what Louisiana law states? Actually? You, you know what I think? I, I really do believe this, and I'm, I'm, I've, I, you know I'm proud of my, my profession. I don't care how much people make fun of lawyers. The training we go through is intense, and it, and it teaches you to see distinctions that, that AI and the regular person might not see. And so I think sometimes they don't see distinctions that they're seeing. Now, I do want to say this. All three of you guys are very bright, and you see those distinctions, but not everybody can. 
All right. But that distinction between a field sobriety and a breath test is huge. But a lot of people don't catch that difference. And I would say this, I'm not recommend this because I'm not a criminal defense, especially not a DWI defense lawyer, but I'll even say this. Let's suppose that I did decide to take a few drinks, a couple sips, right? And I get, and I drive, which I wouldn't, but if I did and I got pulled over, not only would I not take the field sobriety test, I wouldn't take the, I wouldn't take the, I wouldn't blow either. (laughs) I wouldn't, but I'm not recommending that one. I am telling you, you're a fool to take a, 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 I think, to take a field sobriety test. Yeah. Okay. And that's where, that's where I was, I'm like, uh, because the penalty for DUI in Louisiana is, is really not as harsh as you not taking a field sobriety test according to what Louisiana teaches. Right. And, and I want to say and, this again. You know, people talk about Louisiana sucking. It doesn't. We have pretty daggum good DWI laws. We, you pretty much get a first chance at it. If you don't hit anybody, you, know, you don't kill anybody. You're not too polluted. You're not, you know, 0.02 or whatever, 0.2, whatever. You're not that far along. You're, but you're, you know, between 0.08 and 1.2, you know, whatever it is. They're going to give you, you're, you're not going to spend any time in jail. You have to pick up some, some trash on the side of the road and get embarrassed. That's basically it. You know, fine. I'm okay with that. Buddy, you get the second one, Louisiana starts putting it on you. You get a third one, you're going to jail for a while. You get a fourth one, yeah. felony. Uh, I think we handle it well. All I'm going to say, and I think the police officers genuinely don't want drunk people on the roads. I really believe that. I don't think that those police officers are out there trying to get people just to make money like they do for tickets. Now, I do think they do it for tickets, but I don't think they do it for DWI. I think they're trying to protect you. Well, if they think you're drunk, even if they can't prove it, you're going in. Yeah. Because they want you off the road. And I believe that. I, I think that we, I think that almost all the police are that way. They're not trying to trick you. That's what I think. And they and they they will have to look for a reason to pull you over if they think you're drunk still. But that's easy. Anyway, yeah. I don't know how we got off on that. I guess that's a, a Ben Rabbit trail. Look, guys, we're around. No, it's called Louisiana Justice Reform. We'll, well, we'll let criminals sure. out. Well, but we'll well, let criminals in. I, you keep we, saying reform. That would be to me they're passing statutes. If you mean that a, a, a freaking bad dictator man, he was a horrible governor. We're, we're going to look back on, on, on Governor Edwards as the worst eight years possible since maybe um, you know, one of the longs. I don't know. It's, it's, it's bad. He was a bad, bad governor. I'm so glad he's gone. But, but, but pardoning people is part of their privilege. Well, part of my thing is this, is, is one, is I don't know why we get there. And I was talking to Misty this morning. And I said, you know what? I, I would have no problem if he got there and he said, you know what? To clear up some of the prison system and everything else and, and make room for these these real criminals. You know what? This dude, yeah, he got caught going to sell drugs to somebody. Let him out. Because you know what? It's somebody's personal choice to go and take drugs. Now, if they do something and they do, they commit a crime while on drugs, like kill somebody on drugs and everything else, it should, you know, it's one of those things. But if you're out there and say, okay, you got caught with, with this on you, it was your personal use. Well, you know what you go, but we'll, we will sit there and we'll, we'll throw the book at somebody that has an addiction that they get there and they go and they haven't committed, they haven't hurt anybody or anything else, but they, Say they're walking down the road and they get caught with meth on them. 
and everything else. We're like, well, you got to go to jail. But now we're, we we have the government that said, you know what? You stabbed somebody 32 times, left a knife in their skull. I think you'll be a good citizen to be back on the street. You're preaching to the choir. You know, I, I, everything you said, I just have to say amen to. Period. And, and, it, and, and that's, the reason, that's why I don't understand our legislatures. Well, that's, Baton Rouge. well, see, that's not the legislature there. That's the governor did that. He's a bad man. I mean, I just see, I can't, I can't, I won't try to justify anything he did. He shut down our businesses. Who is this yeah. guy? You know, I, 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 I'm so glad he's gone, and, I, and I'm glad he's working on windmills, tilting women windmills. All right, I got a question. I'm going to put it to either Glenn or to uh, um, Dwayne, okay. if you Real don't quick. mind. What's that? Real quick, I've got to, I've got to go to a doctor's appointment, so I'm going to have to get off the phone. Oh, you're going to miss the most fun thing. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Okay, Ben. Thank you as always. That was a good. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I wanted to to make sure we talked about that today. Tell Misty hello. All right, you gentlemen. Have a great day. All right. All right. All right. So this is what I want from you two. Um, <coughs> yesterday, I, I mean, uh, Sunday, we always do fruit, cheese, and crackers at our house and watch a movie. Well, we watched. I think it was called the Highway Man. It was about the guys that tracked down Bonnie and Clyde. Do you know okay. what I'm talking about? The G-Man? This was, I think it was Highway Man. Highway Man. It had um, the Postman. What's his name? The guy that played the Postman? Kevin Costner. Kevin uh, Costner in it. Have you seen that movie? Wasn't that, wasn't that, uh, uh, have you seen, have either of you seen the movie? I have seen parts of it, yeah, at least. Have you seen it, Dwayne? Which movie? It's a Kevin Costner movie where he's chasing down Bonnie and Clyde. Elliot Ness, what he was. No, not Elliot Ness. Uh, I've seen a lot of his movies, though. I don't remember seeing that. All right. Well, I, I, I watched it. I thought it was a good movie, and I'm not a Kevin Costner fan. It was not Elliot Ness. It was somebody else. It was a, he was a, a – uh, all right. So the, just to set it up real quick, they were, they were – you know, during the Depression, they were going to rob a bank. Bonnie and Clyde were killing people. And um, the he was doing a lot of damage in Texas and had a female governor at the time, Ma something, and she had disbanded because she couldn't stand the independence of the Texas Rangers. She disbanded them. Well, none of the locals, they didn't have anything statewide to get these guys that were going around committing crimes in Texas. And so they did a special commission where they took, took some. And I don't know if it's true. I'm going with the movie. Uh, they took some. They got some, some Texas Rangers that out of retirement and tracked him down, and even crossed lines and whatever. But they they ultimately got him. Obviously, in Denville Parish. Um, that that's all interesting to me. Doc was looking at Wikipedia and other articles to see how close the movie was. And apparently, it's fairly close. All right. Mm. Here was the thing I want to ask, and you don't have to see the movie to answer this, but I have to know this. They became like. Um, celebrities that people people would see them in town and, and just mob them with praise. And these guys were vicious murderers. How does that happen? How does how do we as people as as a group get it that wrong? Well, it's because the narrative doesn't show the evil. The narrative shows just. The fact that they're taking it from a bank, this money, and that's a good that, point. It was you know, they were doing a good job, but they were showing this house is owned by the bank, and so banks yeah. were, apparently were foreclosing on people during the depression, pissing people off. 
That was your saying. So they they make it big business or big banking as the evil one, and that this is the Robin Hood coming in to and you know as I remember, Bonnie and Clyde did give some people money, and that was a story that was part of the narrative as well. People don't Mm -hmm. learn facts; they learn from narratives. And the other thing is, you got to remember the newspaper was the primary method, and the radio, and they're trying to sell papers. So you don't know what kind of op-eds were painting what kind of a picture on Bonnie and Clyde. You'd have to go back and look at the articles and try to establish, uh, well, here, here's the narratives that were being told across the country. Yeah, you're right. We didn't have near the information. And, and they did make this point that, that the guy, the main character, you know, Coster's part, his wife and he had done well after, after being out of the Rangers, which, you know, how that is after government. But anyway, she had bought a brand new Ford and they made an issue of this that everybody goes, look, there's a radio in the, in the car. <laughs> like that's brand spanking new. She bought a new car and that's one of the first radios in a car. We take that for granted. You, who would have a car without a radio now? Right. Um, so, so that was that way. Now, Doc made an interesting observation. Within two months of them getting Bonnie and Clyde, that's the first ones they got. They got uh, Babyface, whatever, Floyd, is that which one? Uh, you know, they had Dillinger, um, Babyface, whatever, and then one more um, major, major uh, crime spree guys. So anyway, you know what got them? Why they were able to get them? Two-way radio was invented and used. That's how they were able to get those guys. Mm. That 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 one little change made it all. I I recommend the movie highly. I think it's called The Highwayman. I recommend yeah, Highwayman twenty nineteen is what it came out. Yeah, yeah. I recommend the movie highly. But but I was even listen. Twenty thousand people went to Bonnie Parker's funeral, and and fifteen thousand went to Clyde. Uh, what's his last name? Um, Barrow. They went to. They fifteen thousand people went to their funerals. They were folk heroes, guys. Mm-hmm. Amazing. But to law enforcement, they shook in their boots. When you go back and you look in Louisiana, the, the final weeks or days counting down to the the, uh, the the assassination of those two in their car, and you look at the holes and uh, the evidence, and look at the 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 type of weaponry and the number of bullets that they had and the number that they um, shot into the car. And then you read about what had happened, the several law enforcement encounters prior to that. It was hard to find a team of law enforcement men that would stake out and try to go after these two because you just about were guaranteed a death sentence against Bonnie and Clyde. They were some of the most dangerous crooked criminals out there at the time and the the ones that went after them they didn't let up they filled that car with bullet holes until they just knew there's no way they could be alive and you think that's why because they were afraid of them yes they were scared so it wasn't well anticipable is a completely different thing that's that was um um what's his name the gut the the thug um come on Probably the most famous mob guy ever in Chicago. What's his name? Come on, guys. You know his name. I got lithonomia. What's your excuse? <laughs> uh, it is, uh, the night Chicago died. That guy. 
Oh, God, I can't. You, you shouldn't have said <laughs> his name. Because now the man named Al Capone going to make this town his own. Yeah, that guy, Al Capone. That's the G, that was the guys you're talking about, Elliot Ness. Okay, that's different than completely than the guys that got Bonnie and Clyde. They, okay. they portrayed I'm it. Conflating. Yeah, you're conflating. Well, you know what it is, is, is Kevin Costner played both of them. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I bet. But, but they weren't the same guy. But but I, I, I to me to me the wonderful thing about that movie was not so much how they got them. They did show they were relentless, blah blah blah. That was okay, but they didn't dwell on that. I think they documented and Doc says this matches what is on the internet. They documented that these guys were folk heroes, that, that that's what made it difficult to get them. The people in the towns wouldn't wait turn in. Wouldn't turn in for hide them, help them hide. Feed him food. And and so they had a scene where, he, I hate to tell you, tell you too much about it, but they had a scene where where the main character, you know, the Costner character meets Clyde Barrow's father. And, you know, I, I think it's like Thucydides. None of that happened. But if it did happen, this is what they would have said. I think it was, I think it was historically wrong, but philosophically would have been what happened. I, I was... I very rarely do I watch a movie and go, wow, that was a good movie. It's rare for me to say that. You know that. And, and I'm telling you, wow, that was a good movie. You know, I didn't even know it existed. Hmm. I have to watch it. So, but you guys think that that was because of the narrative. I, I, I that has to be. Oh, yeah. What I mean, they're going after the banks, you know, banks are bad. They have money. Well, yeah. uh, the banks were, you know, what caused all the problems, you know, the banking industry. So, yeah. What is it? The same, same concept as Hitler? What do you mean? I don't know. Well, how did he how get the people that. of Germany to do that? You know. Well, yeah. yeah he, he, he made a narrative when they were at their weakest. Go on. You know, so in, in other words, in my opinion, and I, this is just my opinion. Hitler, you know, tied into several um, ideals that the German people had. He then said, you know, with World War One, they had to pay back all this stuff and was killing their economy. Everything was bad, as I remember. And so he said, look, it's not your fault. It's these people's fault. It's the Jewish people's fault who were part of the banking industry at the time, you know, because of uh, various other historical aspects, I believe. Uh, and they're the ones that you need to hate. So we can reestablish Germany as this wonderful place again if we just do what I say. Do, do I remember correctly that he participated in World War One, as a young soldier, and he was so upset at the outcome of the war, and that they shouldn't have been defeated or surrendered or whatever, and that kind of played into his whole narrative that he built up that Germany has to be great and has to overcome what the injustice that was done to us during World War One. Hmm. Yeah, I think it was part of it. You know, his mustache. Uh, famously, supposedly, was because that was a mustache at the time that people had because they had to have gas masks. Mm. Really? Yeah, and that's why he had that weird little mustache because that's you could have that much facial hair and the mask would still work. There's the narrative. Wow, wow. 
Well, I'm amazed that that we can be so wise as a group and be so stupid as a group. But it really is a mindset. There is a there's a group mindset, isn't there? Well, it's kind of like this this Civil War uh, movie they just brought out about Texas and and California joining forces to overthrow the American government. It's ridiculous, right? But it still places a narrative in people's head. And then they, it's just like if you say, "Don't you're never going to see an elephant today," yet then all of a sudden you see elephants everywhere. Uh, you know, it's, it's, that's, they set up this idea in your head that this civil war is possible. And then people say, yeah, it might happen. Yeah, it might happen. And, uh, you know, that's a narrative. That's how you establish it for people. This is the brainwashing industrial complex at work. Wow. It's, it was amazing. I, I recommend it, guys, if you have not seen the movie, listeners, if you haven't seen that movie, Watch it because it it it, um, it it apparently it's historically correct that those guys were were they had a, they had a following of people that were would normally be, they were probably teaching Sunday school legitimate and were considering these people folk heroes and and it's wonderful to hear you two guys talk about it because I you know I've been all right I want to tell you something just so you'll know why I can't answer questions about Hitler when people ask. For some reason, I don't know if it's my rearing, my parents, or whatever, I don't like anything that's a depiction of Satan or demons or that there's any chance that there's a demon influence or a dwelling or anything like that. Those kind of things totally freak me out. I won't watch Amityville Horror. I won't watch Poltergeist. I won't watch any of those type of movies. And all I heard growing up was that Hitler was was demon-possessed. I heard that over and over and over again as a kid. So. I don't like thinking about that man. You know, I'm glad he's gone. I'm glad that we found the bomb before they did. Um, and it was a close call, which who was going to develop that bomb first. But I don't like thinking about him. I need to. I need to force myself to think about him. That's what you guys convinced me of today. You know, my um, 16, almost 17-year-old son that all his life has been about right and wrong and looks like he's going to head into law enforcement or at least law direction. He um, begged me last year to let him purchase mine comp off of Amazon. And I got it for him. He, he explained to me, he just wanted to like you, he's got all these questions and wants to try to understand how could a madman become so mad and gain so much control and do the harm that he did. So he's trying to understand him. And the one thing that scares me, similar to what you're saying, how you were brought up and stay away from anything demonic. One of the things that scares me is I saw a movie one time, and I can't remember for the life of me what the name of it was. But it was a law enforcement type movie, and I think it was older black and white. So it was probably much better quality than today's movies. But throughout the movie several times, it had a theme of being careful as a law enforcement person, constantly looking into the dark abyss of bad human nature, that if you stare at that evil abyss long enough, eventually you will see yourself. And what that theme is saying is that if you try to understand these crazy criminals, eventually you might find things that may have triggered them to become a criminal that could have easily triggered you and you 
you humanize those criminals instead of thinking of them as some 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 other species, so to speak, that they're more like you than you realized at first. Dwayne, that, kind of, it, it scares you. Let me tell you that's brilliant, and I have to tell you something. I don't care if I'm, I'm spoiling the movie for you. That is exactly the conversation that the main character, Costner's character, had with Clyde Barrow's dad. Mm. Exactly. The philosophy, the, the psychology that goes into what causes somebody to become so bad that you really have no choice by it, like Hitler didn't, that is to kill him. You know, yep. um, guys, you guys are, are brilliant. Appreciate it. I, I, I feel, I feel humbled that you will be willing to talk podcast with me so often. I really do. You, you guys are, are, are awesome. And our listeners are awesome. Uh, it's a, it's, it's just a fun ride. And I want to tell you again, I know this is patting myself on my back, but I could not do it by myself with you two on here and, and the other guests that we have, like Dr. Green. Um, our podcasts are, are nailing it just as well as anybody's are. I don't watch Bannon and say, oh, he did better than we did, or I don't watch uh, Prozac. What's his real name? Yeah. I, his isn't any better than I, I can't say it. He calls himself Prozac, so. Now, here's here's the thing is I don't ever want to become uh, a, a, a seller of fear. I hope that we do it because I hope people listen to us because we just talk it out and figure these things out. And I appreciate you guys. I really do. Now, tomorrow we're going to have a, uh, a non-secular podcast. We're going to be talking about fuzz, blurring that line between um, um, justification and sanctification. If you like soteriology, tomorrow's the podcast. For you. That's your podcast, yeah. And then I'm hoping to have you two back Thursday to talk about some technology issues. There's a lot. We, we kind of bumped into one of the things I want to talk about. This AI competition is absolutely fascinating to me to see these wealthy people all seeing who can get AI to standard. Is it, is, and I'm going to ask you this now. Be thinking about this. Is this the VHS Betamax? Is that where we're heading? <laughs> Or is it going to be something different? <laughs> That's interesting. Good question. Good question. I don't know. Well, answer that Thursday. <laughs> yes, it. We'll talk about it Thursday. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye.